Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this in the last few years, if you're like, even watching TV, or maybe you're not, like maybe you just listen to podcasts and maybe all you do is listen to this podcast, maybe. But what you might've also noticed just looking around is that monogamy has become so passe, OMG. Like who would even wanna do monogamy? Like it's so boring, like who does that? So actually why I created the show this evening is because this is the new take on monogamy like who would do it what are people thinking why why would you do that ownership thing of monogamy so there are still benefits to monogamy even though some people swear there aren't uh, just like any relationship as long as it's consensual there are still benefits that can occur for these things so we'll be talking about that tonight and yes if you really looked at this and you went oh monogamy is so passe and you thought cool she's going to talk about polygamy and she's going to talk about all things polyamory i got lots of shows on that so you can go and listen to those but these are for my monogamy peeps who have been feeling like they are being shunned by society and we're looking at some of the history behind monogamy some of the whys and the who's and like who's done this and why have they done this and and what is the purpose of monogamy now in this society as we're moving as here we are in the 21st century, how is monogamy still valid? And is it so passe? And, and are people just making it like, well, it's not cool anymore. So that fad's gone. That was gone in 1960. And then there was a sexual revolution. And doesn't everybody know you should be having orgies and multiple lovers and have a totally different life. So maybe, maybe not. The beauty right now on the planet is that we have a lot of options and we have a lot of different options of how to have relationships the same way that, you know, harems have been around for thousands of years. Have, so having multiple partners also was around for having thousands of years. Uh, so has been monogamy. So one of the main purposes of monogamy ever was to create legitimate heirs. And why would you need legitimate heirs? Well, at a time when you would be passing on, say, for example, land, or if you were royalty and you were passing on the crown, you would want to make sure that you had legitimate heirs. And the way to ensure, or so you would think, that you had legitimate heirs was to have a monogamous relationship. But as we all know, or maybe don't know, historically, it has always been that there have been affairs. You can look back, look at Henry VIII, for example, how many affairs did he have? Anyway, so many, he had eight wives in total, right? Eight, six, eight, anyway, a lot of them. So when we look at things historically, we sometimes get a bit of a fantasy world where we're like, 
yes, people did monogamy and they did it so well and they knew how to do it and be respectful to each other. That's kind of a fantasy island version of it. However, not necessarily true. However, there were some values about monogamy that can still be really valid today. And they don't have to do with the probably the original intention of monogamy, which was to create those legitimate heirs. So we will be looking at that. For those of you who are brand new to the show, you're going to realize that I talk about things from multiple different perspectives, looking at it from the historical, philosophical, energetic, spiritual. Um, you know, we look at it from anthropological and sociological as well, and different different topics with all these different takes on it. And I don't always catch all the takes that are available on the planet because that would be like a thesis. <coughs> Excuse me, something tickling my throat right now. Perhaps it's a little awkward to talk about monogamy now in this day and age because it is so uncommon. And I think even when looking at dating sites, a lot of the things that people are looking for are, are like dating people and um, just going on you know, 20 dates with 20 different people in 20 days. And that is, um, even that is, that's like a, a relatively new version of courtship that we have as well on the planet that isn't necessarily something that we've always had around. So it's, it's really only maybe in the last 50 years that courting more than one person at a time uh, is considered okay or morally okay, right? So generally speaking, courtships why do we call them that right they actually had to do with getting uh i believe and i have to double check this they had to do with getting permission from some authority that could be related to the court um which was the king so you'd have to have consent for these things but i'll double check that that factoid that slung through my brain and it could have been a factoid and it could have just been something it could be bullshitting right now doesn't doesn't matter it's a good story right so so when we look at dating I think I did a show about that it's hard to say there's been over 300 uh, so when we look at uh, the whole the whole energy of dating throughout history and how people have come to be in relationships it's it's something that isn't that common that you would have 20 different people you were dating you might have been in say a few different courtships at once, but they would have all been monitored more than likely, where you would have had people going on excursions with you. So they were chaperones and they would make sure that you were doing things properly and you weren't crossing the lines and you weren't having sex and you weren't even probably touching each other's hands. So monogamy, even in the dating field, the target at that time was finding a monogamous relationship. And that was for specifically, like we were saying, about heirs and creating um, ways for legitimate heirs to be receiving any of their inheritance or trusts or whatever. So that would have that would have been a major, major factor. So even before people necessarily considered like land in the way that we do these days, where we think of it as very defined borders, there still would have been a sense of um, a, a sort of a sense of definition of where there where somebody's parcel of land was um, defined but now we have much more definitions like we look at things like uh, 
when you you go and get a land title you have like all these different things that can indicate that this is your piece of land right so that's a whole other story though so again why we created them originally as monogamous it was all about heirs and all about legitimate heirs and i think on some level it was also probably created by somebody who at some point wanted to also, I think it could have been health related. There were STDs going around for a very long time and it could actually have been on some level health related, although it was never really said necessarily that that was part of the case. So if you have uh, in a relationship, if you do have a monogamous relationship nowadays, what are the values that you hold strong that have you feel like monogamy is the way for you? And it doesn't mean that people who are polyamorous have the exact opposite values. It's kind of funny because a lot of times there are very similar values. It's just the choice in the way that relationships show up. So some of the similar values, even if you're in a polyamorous relationship, could be that you are honoring of each other, that you <clears throat> that you acknowledge each other, you communicate with each other, you spend time together. And there's certain things that you just, you have as fundamental uh, foundations of your relationship. And those same things could exist in a monogamous relationship as well. In polyamorous, you have many more people to be um, having to navigate with, uh, especially if it is uh, truly polyamorous where everybody is having a relationship with everybody in that same group. So, <clears throat> but that's polyamory. So that's another whole other episode. So right now, when I look at all the people that I know and who's in, in monogamous relationships and who's not, it actually ranges in age quite dramatically from people who are in their late teens to people who are in their 90s. And it's not, it's not like an age thing right now. It's really, it's a, a thing based on what's true for you in your heart. So if you're choosing to have a monogamous relationship in your life, and you find that you're in the dating field and you find that everybody you're coming across is like, I just want to date around. And you're like, but I don't want to. And you might not want to for various reasons. So I would say that the top reason, if you needed to justify this, which you don't, it's just a choice. But I would say that uh, one of the very top reasons to choose monogamy these days is the fact that there are so many STDs going around they're STIs. There's ones that we talk about as STIs, like gonorrhea, chlamydia, different infections that people know about. And then there are ones that we don't really talk about, like, you know, ones that wouldn't necessarily come across as an STI because they don't get categorized the same way. But to me, if you, for example, are making out with somebody and you happen to catch strep while you're kissing them, well, that is sexually transmitted infections still. So I have a little different take on sexually transmitted infections. And I'm a big fan of keeping the germs away. I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm a germaphobe. I'm just highly aware of how many there, not even how many there are in the world, because there are so many I'm not even aware of. I just am aware that there are a lot, a lot, and I'm aware of how many are really hard to to be able to deal with in your body and get rid of. So 
for the sake of health, monogamy can be an amazing way of solving all those issues that could be related to STIs that somebody could be if they are having sex with multiple partners, bringing in, sharing all kinds of fluids, bodily fluids that can be mixing and merging and creating new super germs. Uh, for all we know, who knows. So I think one of the things to really consider is looking at for your body, what does your body like? Does your body like monogamy? Does it like having sex with one lover? Does it like the safety and security of knowing that that lover, if you've had an agreement and an understanding at the very beginning of the relationship that everybody's been checked out, nobody's walking around with STIs, you're not spreading diseases to each other, that you're all free and clear, that there's a sense of kind of like a security that you can have knowing that in your partnership that you won't be spreading diseases, which is a really comforting thing to know that you couldn't just like wake up and have some funky disease. Because even sometimes you can have STIs that have been in your body for years, like 20 years, and they've been lying dormant, and then they come back out, like you could have herpes be dormant, and then it comes back out and slaps you in the crotch. And you're like, whoa, there's some herpes, right? So that can happen. And it can be totally dormant for a really long time. So when you when you kind of think, well, if that's the case, then who wants to add more potentially harmful germs or virus, like any kinds of germ, bacteria, viruses, fungus, even parasites, like the number of parasites and protozoa that can be passed on sexually is disgusting. <laughs> That's my interesting thought on that. Um, just think about it. If you, for example, if somebody has, um, say, pinworm coming out of their butt, and you go and you have anal sex with them, you could be, or you're penetrating, or you're having oral to anal play, like you're you're licking their anus. You could be getting those parasites into your mouth. So. This is why I'm always like hygiene, hygiene, make sure your body's clean. And then, then you go and you can make sure that you're uh, safe, right? So if we're going to make a rhyme out of it, hygiene, hygiene, make it clean, go and get yourself a screen and make sure that when you get screened that you are actually safe. Yeah. So you don't, you, and when you go get tested, get tested for things like parasites so that you're not passing them on to your lovers. Cause it's, it's gross. It's actually that, that is quite funky and gross. So how fun is it to have a healthy body that you can go out and have sex with another healthy body and that you can just feel confident in knowing that your body is going to be healthy with that partner. So one of the things that, that can occur over time, just as it does, even if you are in a monogamous relationship, your body can start to have infections anyway, you could still get a cold, you could catch it. As we know, you could catch something like COVID just by exposure or whatever. So you can also catch strep or, um, you know, you could catch parasites from food and you could be transferring that over. So really key is health. Um, and monogamy can, can be a source of being able to just get you that one step closer to having like healthy sex so that you're not having to be worried or concerned or questioning all the time am I safe and having to go get STI tests every 15 hours because you just had sex with 15 people in 15 hours so 
so there are some real benefits to monogamy for sure. And this, this show is for in support of my friends who are monogamous, not to make excuses for them, but I feel like there's been a pretty, um, a pretty kind of harsh judgment placed on people who are choosing monogamy these days. Like there's something super wrong with them or why are they so boring? So the other part is that judgment of they must be boring. So we'll talk about that after commercial breaks. So We'll look at the sex, the play. Are you adventurous? Does monogamy mean you're not adventurous? So we'll look at that after this commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza. Every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So today we're talking about monogamy. Oh, it's so passe. Like everybody knows that it's so not cool to be monogamous these days. Like if you don't know that, you're so out of the loop. However, that's not really true, is it? There are lots of people who are true monogamists who have been with the same partner their entire life. I know people who have been married to their partners from high school and they love it and it works for them and to me that's awesome that people can find love love their partner and and I've actually heard there was one um, woman that I know who said yeah I've been married to the same person that I dated in high school and I was like isn't it weird to be married to the same person that you dated in high school I couldn't imagine being married to the person I dated in high school although they were there were some pretty good guys mm-hmm. um, and and the response was really cool she said really are you the same person you were in high school and I'm like oh crap good call 
that's a really good call. Um, so that was an insight that somebody gave me many several years ago, and I thought, oh yeah, we are not the same people. So even for monogamous who have been uh, with the same person their entire life and only had one lover, you're not the same person, and your tastes do change, just like your tastes and sex change over time. From when you're a teenager till you're like 98, 99 years old, it will change. Even if you're super feisty and horny, it won't be the same as you were when you were 18. And your body will like different things, and so you'll also be different. So it's not like you're having the same sex your whole life. It doesn't necessarily get boring if you have a partner who is open and interesting and will willing to have conversation with you, then you can have a thriving, super successfully fun sex life that's adventurous your whole life, even when you're monogamous. I know. Who thought? Who would ever think that you could have a fun relationship if you're monogamous? I know bells are going off in your head and you're like, how's it possible? I just don't understand who could even. And when I talk to these people who have had these like long-term relationships for like 20 years and they absolutely love their partner and they've gone through their trials and tribulations and ups and downs and they stuck it out and they looked at things and they learned to negotiate. They learned some skills, right? And sex is a skill and they've learned skills and they were able to figure out how to work with each other. So truly monogamy isn't just about loving one person. It's, it's truly like having sex with one person where you can, you can have, um, cause even loving one person is confusing. Cause if you loving one person would be just like, if you love yourself, that's one person that's, that would be like the ultimate of monogamy. But um, we're talking about this in terms of sexual relationships where polyamory and polygamy, that's different. Like they, you can actually have polyamorous relationships. You can also have um, poly, what was it? Poly romantic relationships. I recently learned that from uh, my child who is amazing at finding all these new terms for me. And so poly romantic is where you're not necessarily interested in having sex with everyone, but you're interested in having romance with many. And so that's a little different category too, because it doesn't necessarily mean that you are being sexually involved with many people, but you love the company and the romance and the touch and maybe the affection, but not necessarily the, um, the sexual side of things, because you can actually be, um, you can be asexual not really enjoy sex at all but be poly romantic where you actually like the romance aspect with many people but you don't really ever want to have sex with anybody so you can get where there are so many ways to approach these things however because there are so many ways somehow monogamy has become the f word and it's become this like foul thing that everybody thinks is so blech and uh, not everybody, because there's still a handful of people out there who truly desire to have a, a monogamous relationship that is in a way that's like truly uh, for them sacred. So I think there's a level where, yes, you can have sacred relationships with many. However, uh, a lot of people who are looking to have sacred sex in general are looking to have a relationship with one person and have a commitment to spiritual growth, physical growth, emotional growth, 
even aging together. So they're looking at it from a different perspective. I can't speak for everyone who's on the you know, path of wanting to have a sacred relationship. However, it is more common that they're looking for something that is a one-on-one -on -one monogamous relationship. So you could have monogamy where you've had that same relationship your entire life and, you know, and actually found ways to make it work uh, after all the changes and things that go on. And then you might be a serial monogamous. So what's that? It's like, where you might have a long-term relationship for say four or five years with one person and then another long-term relationship for four or five years with another person. And then you might have another one. So in my life, I've been a serial monogamist. I've had a lot of uh, long-term relationships, like um, not when I was a teenager necessarily, but even then like a year long or, and then it was like four years, four years, eight years, and now nine years with my husband. So you know, those years add up, like, that's a big chunk of my life there, right? Nine, eight, four, four, that's like right there, 25 years of my life in different serial monogamy situations. And there can be such a value to it. If the person that you're with is willing to have communication with you, is willing to be kind, is willing to work those five love languages with you, is willing to be with you, co-create co with you, collaborate with you, then it can be a really beautiful thing. Um, and, and it's still even in, I think what happens is sometimes in monogamous relationships, when there is a lack of communication, what happens is that's when the partner tends to lean over to like looking for um, something else. But some people have the capacity to only be to be monogamous, not only be monogamous, but they have the capacity to be monogamous in a way that's, that helps them thrive. And other people have the capacity to be in polyamorous relationships or polygamous relationships, and that can have them thrive. So you need to know what's true for you. And guess what? You never have to justify it to anybody ever. And I think when I was talking about like, sometimes people think that monogamy is so boring because oh my god you're having sex with the same person your whole life um yes and like that friend of mine said well those people change and so does your you know they're not the same person they were and and I also think of it this way is like if you were practicing the same skill if you if you practiced violin on the same violin from the time you were like 18 to the time you were say 50 and you practiced on a regular basis violin, you'd probably be highly skilled at that violin if you had just some fundamental skills under your, under your belt where you knew what the fingering was, how to read the musical notes. Like if you had some basic skills and you practiced every day, you'd have some mad skills. And the same goes for sex is that it's a matter of practice, practice, get your skills up, learn some basics because sex is a skill and that can be a super thriving experience for years and years. And then of course, investigation, research, all of these other things can be really helpful. And I think that's one of the things that, um, that I would say about monogamous, monogamous relationships is that they're there is a requirement to be super present with the person and there is a requirement to have communication 
um, with that person that you're in relationship with, because sometimes in polyamorous relationships, you can just like go, I don't want to talk to so-and-so, so I'm going to talk to so-and-so about so-and-so and try and resolve it. But there's, there's such a different dynamic that way, where if you're truly, um, it's also like the same saying as like putting all your eggs in one basket. And some people are super afraid to do that. Like they don't want to invest everything in one relationship because if that doesn't work, then, oh my God, they have nobody. So some people, you know, will choose to absolutely not to have monogamy because there is a very big fear of not just commitment, but there's a fear of loss. There's a fear of loneliness. There's a fear of so many things that could go wrong that if they became so vulnerable with one person, they would be maybe possibly they feel they might be destroyed in a way. So if you, if you are willing though, to be super present and be with your partner through ups and downs and all those different things and have communication throughout, then you can have a thriving monogamous relationship and it's one of those things that when you can do that the vulnerability is so huge the one thing that I think is when I think about monogamous relationships because when we talked about in the beginning some of the the reasons why this started off and why we ended up with things like marriage certificates to prove marriage to prove heirship all of that stuff um, is that there, there was uh, ownership required. And so some people specifically choose not to have monogamy because they're aware of some of the historical uh, information around relationships and monogamy and how that there is an ownership connected to it. Uh, however, you can be in a monogamous relationship and you can perceive it different. You can acknowledge the origins of it and then treat it a little different. It's like, it's like people who like to dress in costume era clothing from like, say the Victorian era. They like the clothes, not the values. You can like also the monogamous, some of the stuff that goes on for monogamy, but not necessarily want to have all of the political stuff that was part of the history of it. So, you know, you don't have to approach it exactly how your great, 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 great grandparents did with ownership. You can have it your way. So what is monogamy for you? And I think that's a real question to look at if you are in a monogamous relationship. Like, what does it mean to you to be with one person? And what is valuable about that for you? And what do you feel is, uh, what do you feel like that creates for you in your life? So we're going to explore some of that when we come back in this commercial. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica 
every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzajelenich.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody, from that last commercial. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking about monogamy because it's like monogamy is so passe and like who even wants it? So even though, you know, possibly instinctively, we have during during the time in our lives when we know that we can reproduce, there might be more of a desire to try and reproduce with as many viable mates as possible. That could be part of it. You know, when you look at the animal kingdom, you look at cats, for example, they have, you know, you can actually see in their litters how many different um, male they have sperm from because there'd be such a variety of kitties. We just recently had a feral cat have five kittens and it's distinct. You can see that there were at least three males involved. So it's fascinating. And cats can get pregnant from multiple um, partners at different times, as far as I'm aware, from what I've read. However, humans can't. So you can get pregnant with one person. You couldn't be guaranteed the heir if you're having sex with 20 different people at the same time. However, your chances of reproduction and the potential to actually have, have and reproduce um, offspring is higher if you're having an, uh, you know, sex with many different people. However, knowing who the actual father is is different and we just recently did a show on cuckolding uh, and that is where you know if you listen to it you'll know that well there's many levels of cuckolding but this and um originally that was where somebody would well first it starts with the cuckoo bird but then in humans it's where 
some somebody would unknowingly be raising a child that's not their own. So, you know, the the female partner may have had intercourse with somebody, got pregnant, and then her mate, whoever she's married to, ends up raising that child. So that would be a, uh, an originally a coupled situation, which a lot of people back in the day would be quite disgraced by, even though nowadays it's way more common. We have stepchildren and everything going on. So it's not the same situation it was, uh, say, 100 years ago, where those things would have been hidden, uh, or even more than 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. So we have situations that have changed. We have some values that have changed, which is helpful. But the value of monogamy still hasn't gone away. And there are people who still hold it close to their heart and feel that this is their way to be in the world and part of it is to feel strongly i think for some people is to feel strongly adored by one person to know that they're like number one to one person where other people might want to feel like it doesn't matter to them if they're number one they as long as they're part of something they just want to be included so polyamory works more for that but if you feel like you really want to be number one to one person then monogamy would be one of the ways to go although um as a lot of research shows that People do say that, excuse me, um, a lot of people in research say that monogamy is not the most functional way to have relationships. And I wouldn't know that that's actually true. There, you know, research can be pretty biased and it's based on whoever they've done their interviews with. So when, it, when they say that, it's because we have had an alarming rate of like divorce going around all over the place. It's huge. It's really high these days, especially post-COVID. Uh, that is not necessarily uh, because monogamy doesn't work. It's likely because there is a lack of communication in the relationship. And likely also because the people are not working with uh, understanding or knowing each other and being able to have a functional relationship. And we've talked about this on so many episodes and you know, I'm a huge fan of the, um, the book, The Five Languages of Love by Gary Chapman, huge fan. And he really points out so many great um, ways to understand your partner's primary love languages, secondary love languages, and all the nuances of the different um, dialects that go within those categories of love languages as well. Um, when you look at other things like getting some education and information on how to improve your sex life, that is important to most people in relationships. And a lot of divorces or a lot of cheating happens because a partner doesn't feel fulfilled or they don't feel loved or they don't feel seen or they feel like they overwork and then they don't really get what they want. So the love languages comes in really handy uh, when you're looking at not having, you know, having your partner feel like they're not loved. So when they don't feel loved, they're going to go out and um, find some other lover. And so for you in a monogamous relationship, that would count as cheating, where there is a sense of a bit of an ownership sense going on when it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's like, hey, I own the rights to your sex. And that's, you know what, it's totally cool as long as it's consensual that you guys agree that you own the rights to each other's sex. I'm not, I'm not one of those people to say, well, that's so wrong and not modern. It, I don't care if it's modern. If it works for you and it's consensual, go for it. Where, you know, there is a, a thing where people are like, no, it's just wrong. You shouldn't own other people. Well, 
the thing is we do, we do it all the time <clears throat> and we're not that evolved. So we, we freaking own animals. We own houses, we own plants, we own people, we do it. And as long as we're doing it in a way that's consensual and the person's aware of it, it's a little different. And that, um, you know, and the levels of ownership are different too. Like some people really want to own you so bad that, you know, you can't even talk to somebody else or they're going to go ballistic and go psycho on you. So there's that kind of like super high level of, of uh, ownership. And then there's more like the ownership that's not really discussed or joked about. Like, so in my marriage, we've, we have signed papers, which when you read your signed papers for marriage, they indicate that there is like a level of ownership that happens. So we joke about our marriage certificate as being our ownership papers. So even though it's a joke, there still is current of understanding and knowing that there are, there's an ownership thing that's going on. And recently we were joking about something. Well, I can't remember what I said. Oh, we were talking about like selling things and, and uh, my husband was like, your dad will never sell his house because you know, he's emotionally connected to it. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. He's like, well, you would never sell your Cabbage Patch Kid. And I'm like, well, no, I wouldn't ever sell my Cabbage Patch Kid. And if you want to see her, she's on Instagram right now. I did a little video with her. Yes, she's been in my life for 38 years. And no, I would never sell her <clears throat> unless she said she wanted to be sold. And I would ask her. And if she wanted to be sold, I would sell her. And then I said that to my husband and my and my child as well. And I said, and, I, and if you guys wanted to be sold, I would sell you too. And then it was just like a roaring laugh. But the truth is, is that our children are our property. It's a legal thing. Well, our children are not our property until we until we claim our children as our property. Until that, the government claims your children as your property. And husband and wife, there is um, property that goes on with that as well. So in terms of property, yes, there is ownership and that is part of the monogamous relationship. There is ownership. Once you have those marriage things in place, there is ownership. So it depends on how far you wanna go with it, but um, you can also just regard it as uh, an option. You don't have to get married to be monogamous and you can use monogamy as a tool in your life so that you are saying, yes, I'm stepping into this fully and I'm going to, to do everything that's required to make this work. A few episodes ago, we talked about relationships being like careers. Now, if you, if you would like to have a career for life, say you're a brain surgeon and you've studied hard and you just, that's what you want to do for life is you want to do brain surgery. The chances are you're not going to start swaying and you're going to be like, well, now I'm going to be a sanitation engineer. Um, maybe you will, but you probably won't. Like you've probably dedicated a lot of your time, your life, your energy, a lot of things to commit to this career. And then when, you know, it's a similar energy with relationships, you, you can choose to invest your time, your energy and everything into this, this career called your relationship and or you can have multiple things going on job wise all at once so if you are somebody who likes both monogamy and polyamory um, which i do like i i think they're both totally cool and valid so i can have a monogamous relationship with my husband and then the polyamory side can come in with 
the million different things I do for my career. And so some of the things I do is I offer body work uh, in-person sessions with body work, a type of somatic body work that releases things both physically and emotionally. And it gets your body to start to feel aligned both physically and emotionally as well. So that you walk away feeling like a lot of times people will be like, that was so gentle. I don't even know what happened, but I feel so good. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the magic of this work. Uh, I also do different varieties of energy work. And as you can see, if you're watching on video, I work with a lot of different things like homeopathics, as well as I do uh, some other work that is uh, user biology intrinsic data field um, analysis. So I do several things and I've been studying like my whole life. Um, and currently I have a really fun program that I've collaborated and co-created with my mom on, which is called the Happiness Hormones Club. And for $40, you can get in on that club. You can message me. I can send you a link to sign up for that. So the Happiness Hormones Club is going to start on May 12th, Thursday, May 12th at 3 p.m. EST. You'll, we'll have our first call. There'll be four calls in this series. And uh, we will be looking at the four different happiness hormones and working towards bumping them all up in really simple ways through movement, through food, through uh, different methods that are required to get those happy hormones pumping up so that we can all have a little bit more happiness in our lives. All right, so that's a little sideline there. <laughs> but also I, I do facilitate a lot of classes. So if you're interested in taking any classes with me, I right now have one that's an ongoing program for a year called Psychic Development School. And we are entering uh, month five on May 9th, so Tuesday, May 9th. We'll be having our next class. And every month is a new uh, lesson on how to have more capacities really learning how to trust yourself. And I find that so many people are just not trusting themselves these days. And this is an amazing source of learning how to do that. So yeah, join me on some of those things. I'd love that. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution. Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we're talking about monogamy because monogamy is getting a bad rap these days. Monogamy is like so passe and people are just, you know, it's not getting a lot of good rap and I don't even see 
a lot of it on um, TV anymore, which is interesting. I do get that shows are um, looking to be able to cater to a larger audience and a more diverse audience. So we're th seeing things like polyamory. We're seeing more characters that have different diverse identities like transgender characters. And we're seeing a lot more variety, which is awesome. I love that. At the same time, it's giving my monogamous friends look really bad rap. So when they're on the dating scene and they're like, I'm really just interested in finding one person. Part of the energy that arises, I think, is that people are intimidated. People are scared to be the one for you. So, or they're scared that you could be the one for them. Because what does that mean? That means a commitment. And that means like investing time and energy and that means vulnerability and that means really stepping in and like trusting so much that requires a level of intimacy that most people would rather poop their pants than choose. So when you look at how, I know I just say that with such a straight face, right? I'm just like, just go poop your pants instead of choose vulnerability or monogamy because it's too scary. Just go poop yourself in public. However, you could just test it out and see what it feels like. So if you've been in a monogamous relationship for a really long time and it's monogamous, but it's like stuck and you're like, I'm in it, but do I want to be in it? I feel like this is dull and I don't know why I'm in it and I'm so bored. This is where the conversations, communication and all these other things are required. And maybe a little me is required as well. Not to add me in as like a, polyamorous player in your life but facilitating you and I'm happy to coach you with that as well as I'm a sex and intimacy coach and I'm, I really love working with couples on creating and developing some tips and tools for getting them back uh, in life and back on the sex train and I had such a fun week this week where I got to work with um, well particularly one really fun client who's in her 70s and just kind of blew her socks off with some tips and tools on sex and she was very frank about the fact that in her life that is not something she was ever talked about with girlfriends or sisters or her mother or was never taught about in school so having some fundamental tools to do some some things that that I would consider an average sex night in my life is not an average sex night in her life. So I got to share some of my experience and skills to show her that it can actually be quite easy and there's nothing wrong with these things. And so, you know, after like over 50 years of marriage, I think it's really cool that she's willing to get vulnerable and try some new things out. And I think it's beautiful. And I love when people um, are that open with me and that they're that willing to have change in their lives. And I think, so when you are in a monogamous relationship and it's been 50 years, and maybe you haven't had some of those fundamental skills I was talking about earlier mm -hmm. when I referred to like, if you're learning the violin and you want to become an amazing violin player, you do need some basic skills and understanding of the violin and how to finger the violin, finger the person, whatever. You need to learn how to do the fingering on the violin and read some sheet music maybe, or learn by ear. You need some fundamental skills and information to be able to work that instrument really well. And bodies are like instruments and you need some information on how to work them well. If you're not given that, you know, you're going to have 50 years of the same thing over and over again, which will lead to a rut, which will lead to disappointment, which will lead to stress and lead to a whole bunch of other things, which usually has one of the partners stray 
or an addiction come up because you just got to fill the gap of sadness, different things will arise. So this is the prevention method is get some coaching, connect with me. We can work this out. We can actually work it out before it gets really bad. So if you feel that it's starting to head down a, a path of destruction, now's a great time to connect with me so we can do some pre-damage control before it gets really damaged, before it's like the bombs went off. Even when the bombs go off, sometimes you can still go in and do repair. Sometimes it's truly over and that's okay too. So even monogamous relationships can end. And sometimes people will be in them for over 50 years. Uh, I have some relatives who just recently got divorced after over 50 years of marriage. And um, I don't really talk to them, so I don't have a lot to say on that. But what I do know is that um, the chances are of them going on and having more relationships right now are probably not likely because it's not something that I could see them doing. So they've had their relationship in their life and they're probably just going to be like, I'm moving on, moving off, and I'm going to be single now. So, uh, and that, that might've been it. That might've been their monogamous relationship for life and, or they might go on to become serial monogamous and have another long-term relationship. That would be cool to see too. So um, either way, I think it's beautiful that people can choose and that we live in a day and age where it's possible to be in a relationship that is monogamous and be okay with it. And it's possible to be in a relationship that is polyamorous and be okay with it. As long as we have some things in place, we need to have, you know, deal and delivers in place. We understand what everybody needs. If you don't know how to do those, there is a show that I've done on those. If you look on my uh, YouTube uh, if you look at the pleasure zone on YouTube, I've actually created a really cool, um, really cool setup where I now have a whole bunch of different uh, files so that it's like, if you just want to find relationships, there's a file with like a hundred shows on relationships. If you just want to find some stuff on kink, there's a file on kink. So it's all under um, different listening lists to make things playlists to make your life so much easier to find things. Um, and I'm so glad that's in place. And I had such a great contribution to creating that from my friend, who's an amazing business coach, Christine McIver. If you need some help with your business, you should connect with her. She's got a show also on Inspired Choices Network called Inspired Choices, because guess what? She owns the network. So <laughs> you can always connect with her. So I've only got about 30 seconds left. I want to tell you about next week's show. It's called Optimize Your Health and Sexual Performance. And I have an amazing doctor joining me. His name's Colby Urata. He's only like 30 something years old and he's so fun. He's done like the 30 day challenge of jumping into ice cold water. He lives, he like walks his talk, lives his life in a healthy lifestyle. And he loves getting people back on track with their health and their sex life. So I'm excited to interview him and I hope you guys enjoy that too. So until then, thank you for listening in. to the pleasure zone with sensual movement artist, Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.